Welcome to Creators Cafe. I'm your host, Jessica Payne. I'm a performer, performance coach, and multi-hyphenate creator. I'm going to be bringing you conversations with some of my favorite creators where we talk about the sublime and the specifics of the creative journey. So grab a drink, get cozy. Let's go. My guest, Lanisa Renee Frederick, is a successful actor, writer, content creator, voiceover artist, and coach. You've probably seen her on sitcoms such as Mom, Young Sheldon, A Black Lady Sketch Show, The Goldbergs, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. You've definitely seen her on national commercials, holding her own with favorites such as Kevin Hart, Mr. T, Amy Poehler, and even Flo from Progressive. Lanisa made voiceover history as Sid, the first black woman to be a major playable character in Call of Duty. She's also featured in Ada Twist, Scientist, which is executive produced by The Obamas. Lanisa and her creative partner, Danielle Pinnock from Ghosts, went viral over the pandemic with their social media account, Hashtag Booked. There they show the joys and misfortunes of being actresses of color in the entertainment industry. It is so smart, so incisive. Oh, check it out. You can see her in Snake Oil. You can hear her in Interrupting Chicken, the hilarious, passionate advocate, creator, and artist, Lanisa Renee Frederick. <laughs> Welcome, Lanisa Renee Frederick, Thank to you. Creators Cafe. Thank you. What are you drinking? Mm, the best goddamn orange juice I ever had in my entire life. <laughs> this orange juice is, I mean, I'm an orange juice hoe. <laughs> this right here, what's the place called? Dialogue Cafe. In Dialogue West Cafe. This is like, it tastes like it was squeezed from like a fresh, fresh orange that somebody picked this morning. I think so. It's when I feel like a little sick, I go get that orange juice and I feel better. It's, they need, it's a little magic. They should sponsor you. I think so too. Dialogue, hello. Dialogue Cafe. <laughs> we love you this is on point. They're great people too. I got an ice mocha from okay. Dialogue. It's They have this uh, like dark, dark chocolate. It's Ooh. bitter. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, so how do you think of yourself as a creator? I know you as an educator, an actor first, but you do all the things. What, what do you, when you think of yourself, kind of what are, what are the slashes or the hyphens that you think of most? I mean, I feel like that is changing a lot and mm -hmm. it changes yearly. It changed from when I moved from Chicago to here. Uh, but I, what I think I'm saying now, I am an actor, voiceover artist, a writer, and a content creator. Uh, I hope to add director to that one day. I've done some directing, but I hope to add to that to more, more to my slashes one day. Yeah. Um, overall, probably just, I'm an artist. Like, I think I wanted to fight that term for a long time, mm -hmm. but now I'm just like, I'm an artist and it takes on different forms every day, whether or not we put a specific label on it or whatever. Yeah. But every day it feels like, especially now, I, you're doing so many things. And you don't realize the number of skills, whether or not it is like editing or sound editing or video editing or, you know, directing yourself in a self tape, directing yourself during voiceover, but overall actor, voiceover artist, writer, content creator. So you studied um, in the States for your undergrad and then mm -hmm. you got your master's in London. What was that like? It was awesome. So I went to Loyola University, Chicago, which was not a theater school, yeah. but I'm from Ohio originally and I moved to Chicago because my parents wouldn't let me do New York. So they were like, this is a, this is a nice little middle, Chicago, yeah. which I appreciate and I love. 
I would have been wild if I was in New York at 17. I ain't gonna lie. So yeah. I was like, okay, grateful. <laughs> Moved to Chicago. Um, I guess I didn't understand much. My parents, they were both college ed educated folks, but they knew nothing about like letting their kids go into the arts, which is beautiful. They weren't like, you have to major in math. They're like, okay, theater, sure. That's it. And now I go, why did you let me major in theater? What is wrong with you? So I did my undergrad there. And then a couple of years later, I was kind of like restless and bored and was like, all right, been doing some non-union theater because Chicago's a theater town. And the school was like, hey, come check us out. And it ended up being East 15 Acting School. And they're like, we're in England. And I was like, cool. I've never been there. I should go. And they're like, you want to come and audition? And I was like, okay. So like I booked a flight for a month later to audition. And those auditions, when I think back, are crazy because you come in as a group. So it's like 50 people. You audition in front of each other. <laughs> Which I was like, what? Dance, theater, whatever it was, in front of each other. And then they slowly cut people out. Ooh. Right. Ooh. So I remember a girl yep. that I was like cool with, like yeah. she got cut and I was like, fuck, this yeah. is real. Yeah. And then at the end they're like, cool, you're in. And I'm like, what? Wow. Okay. And then I remember calling home. I remember sitting on an Airbnb, not an Airbnb at that time. What is it? Yeah. A bed and breakfast there. Mm -hmm eating like literally fish and chips. There was no TV in this room. And I remember calling home on like my razor flip phone and was like, mom, I got into school here. So I'm going to move to England. And she's like, okay. Okay. <laughs> My mom and dad are Way to go. Like, Way to go your parents. Okay. Yeah. Maybe looking back, I might've gone to a different school, but for what it was, when it was and what I needed, it was great. Mm -hmm. Especially cause I hadn't been I don't think I'd really been overseas at that point. So so even just the experience culturally exactly. is definitive. Culturally, I think that's what made the difference. Yeah. Not necessarily all the stuff I got, yeah, sure. but culturally. Because, yeah. you know, you want to go to Spain today? Okay. I do want to go to Spain right. today. <laughs> yeah, that's actually. how it was. It's like, oh, yeah. spring break? Should we go to, like, Bosnia? We should. So that was really awesome. That's um, and then I went back to Chicago. And then a couple of years after that, went to school at Steppenwolf. Mm -hmm. So that's like my big training. Nice. Jumps. <laughs> so like between London, Chicago, LA, what are kind of favorite things, either artistically or culturally or just fish and chips or go yeah. to Spain? What, what was like kind of a highlight of each of those three places? I think in, I will say in England and in London, um, the appreciation that others have for the arts, oh. the appreciation that others have. It's not absurd that you're majoring in theater. It's yeah. not absurd that you're an actor. At least that's how it felt when I was there. Yeah. Even things like how it's respected within the industry itself. Sometimes I feel like we don't, we don't, we still make fun of it. But I think like graduating from that school, if I'm not uh, mistaken, I was already considered union, like British union. Yeah. So I was already equity there because they were like, well, you've trained. So of course you're good enough. So here's your union card versus here you jump through hoops. It's confusing. <laughs> There's stuff that I still don't understand 20 years on. Mm -hmm. um, and it just doesn't feel as like sometimes as inclusive versus there. It was like, great, you're an actor. Here's your card now. And it, I don't know, it felt better. Yeah. So that's London. Chicago, I miss the community. Yeah. Um, I miss the theater community. I miss being able to like be on the train reading lines and seeing someone else that you know. And you're like, hey, what's up? I got to study for this. Did I, oh, you want help? 
Like, I miss that. You yeah. don't get that here in L.A. Yeah. Because everybody's in their car pissed off. <laughs> listening to a podcast. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Listen to podcasts. Yay. <laughs> um, so I definitely would say I miss the community mm-hmm. of being able to just see people in the arts. And, like, things like opening night. Like, I miss that energy. Like, hey, you going to Goodman opening night? What are you wearing? Yeah. Are you going to go to after party? I, I do miss that. Yeah. That was fun. I mean, we all got paid in, like, pasta and pizza, but... I miss the community. Um, and here, like what's my what's the highlight that I love? I think the opportunities, mm-hmm. like the ability to spread your wings in so many different directions and being expected to um, and being able to just grow in different ways that I, I personally didn't feel like I could grow in other cities. Mm-hmm. So and being yeah, like I think there's so many avenues you can go here there's going to be an expert in it somewhere so you can just go talk to them and get the expertise (laughs) yes internet has opened up a lot but I do feel like there's something about being in a city where everyone is doing that Mm -hmm. that helps there's something about like being in the midst of it even if you might not meet each other all the time I know if I need this I can go run here if I need that I can go run here Um, so yeah I would say the opportunities Let's talk about how then you took that really great theater training and then transformed it into an L.A. film and TV career, because that's a hard transition, especially if you're not 17 and rich. Right. (laughs) What? And already related to someone. (laughs) So, gosh, but you've done it. So wildly successfully. I'll take um, it. So how? Because every day I wake up, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Right. And it doesn't always feel like it when you're in the middle of it. It doesn't feel like, oh, yeah. this is what success feels like. So, <laughs> Ooh, that's deep. <laughs> so what, it, but, but mm. from the outside, you've done so many things. I am. I have. I have to remind I, myself of that. I am um, both proud and envious. I'm I'll proud, take it. proud for you no. as a friend and envious as it. another actor kind of beside yeah. you. Yeah. I'm like, damn, you're you're so good and you're also getting in those rooms and building those opportunities more consistently than most people I know. Yeah. So how how are you doing that? It is, it has been a a whirlwind and a journey. And I remember one of the first reason why I left Chicago and you know, I I will rep Chicago all day, but I was starting to feel stuck. Mm -hmm. I was starting to feel like I was just their understudy because I was doing understudying in a lot of the big houses and I remember asking casting in one of the theaters, I'm like, am I not like good enough for the stage? Am I not good? Da, da, da. And they were like, honestly, it's not, we know that we can trust you. And I was like, wait. Yeah. So you're not going to let me be a lead or shine because you know I, I can count on Lanisa to understudy should something go down. Cool. So got you. So I think that was my my turn. And at that time, my co-creator and friend Danielle had been out here for a year and she was like, girl, it's just time. Just go. And I was like, okay. So I did like one show. I did a show in Singapore. Then I did one more show in Chicago where they had me understudy. And Mm -hmm. I still said yes, Mm because I didn't know how to say no. Mm -hmm. I'm a good Midwestern girl. Um, And then I packed up and was like, I'm out. Mm -hmm. And before I left, I remember somebody saying like, if you go out there, have at least one agent in some capacity so you feel like you're working with and for something Mm -hmm. so for me that one was my voiceover because I was booking really well in voiceover in Chicago I went to them I said yo I'm leaving 
do you have any recommendations for voiceover agents in LA? And they're like, yeah, we got you. And it ended up being WME, which was like, okay. That's fantastic. That is great. I mean, sure. That's your hookup? <laughs> okay. I would take that recommendation. Sure. Okay. So they were so sweet. And I remember like going in there and the guy at the time that was there was uh, Chicago as well. So it was an instant like, oh my God, da, 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 da. Um, but it was a great opportunity where I was able to be wrapped in voiceover in Chicago. So kept that agent, but also at WME. And it did open my doors and expose me to things. And when I think back, I used to drive. At that time, I was in Sherman Oaks, and then I moved to, I think, North Hollywood. I would drive from there to Beverly, I'm going to say like four times a week to do, because the agency was in Beverly at the time, to do auditions in their voiceover booth. Because I won needed to feel like I'm getting up to do something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and two, like, I just was so new at so many different aspects of voiceover at that time. Chicago was mainly commercial. I got here and it was like, here's three animations, do that. Here's three video games, do that. So I was like, oh no, I'm going to drive down. So I was driving down to Beverly like three, four times a week to sit there and wait to be called into the booth to do my audition. But I have to say, thinking back, that helped build a community mm -hmm. because fast forward, pandemic hit, WME closed down her voiceover department. But I'm still friends with some people that was that I would be in that room with, you know, and that built a network. Yeah. So if I need like, yo, I got a question about X, Y and Z, I know I have still that community and it helped me learn what to ask for for my next agent. So it felt very helpful in Smart. that capacity. That, that transition from Chicago Regional Theater to yeah. L.A. all the things, that's a hard transition to make. And so for you, the door was voiceover. I think, I think that was the door. I also did then right away got a commercial agent, mm -hmm. um, which was connected to my commercial agent in Chicago. So that did help, not okay. going to lie. And then I think that's around the time that Danielle and I started creating Hashtag Books. So we were literally sometimes just bored or sometimes figuring out like, hey, we want to create our own stuff because we don't want to sit around all day. Yeah. yeah, you could drive to Beverly all day, but then you're like, okay, now what? So that's when we both said, well, let's create our own stuff. And at the time we were like cracking up at either stereotypes or just like the misadventures of being an actor of color in Hollywood, being a black actress and going in and you see all your cousins there. You're like, hey, how you doing? Hey. <laughs> or them just like, throwing spaghetti at the wall of black people. So you can walk in and you're like, why is there an 80 year old man here auditioning for the same part as me? Oh my God. That was one of my first, I remember my first theatrical, I went in and it was literally just like the, the uh, uh, huge buffet of Negroes. And it was like, I was like, did y'all just call any Negro you knew for this? And I was, and I cracked me up. I remember calling yeah. my girl because at the time they had like the computer check-in. Uh -huh. Do you remember like yeah, the sign-ins yeah. for your audition, the yeah. computer one? And anybody over like 60 didn't know how to do it. So yep. half my audition, I sat there and just signed people in. I was like, all right, what's your name? Okay. <laughs> I got you. Right. And then I'm looking at these people. I'm like, I remember you from like some, sh I remember you from Roots. Why are you here <laughs> auditioning for this? It was insane. 
Um, but it did t- it taught me a lot too. I was like, all right, we're getting in it. Yeah. We're getting in it. So we um <laughs> utilized those experiences to create hashtag book. We're like, what the hell? Yeah. We used a lot of the things that we would vent about and we were like, let's just make a video. Yeah. Like ha- going into set and they didn't have your makeup color. Or they were like, Oh, there's no one here to do your hair. You could just do it yourself. And you're like, but you still get paid. So why am I doing your job? Now I got to stress out, wake mm-hmm. up early. Okay. So instead of just like, oh, let's vent via, you know, verbally, we're like, we're both comedy people. Both of us are second city trained. Let's just make fun of it. And that's what we did. And we didn't, there are days that Danielle still has to be like, girl, people do know who you are. Girl, people will wreck it. I'm like, it still trips us out yeah. when people are like, oh, it's hashtag book. And I'm like, oh, you know me. Um, my brother will never forget this story. Went to see a movie and this girl like ran up and he was like, oh, shoot, what's going down? And she's like, I'm so sorry, but you're hashtag booked. I'm like, oh, people are. OK, it's yeah. still hard to click. I mean, I've been out in public with you right. and people have come up and, I, you know, we have to. It's you're like the prom queen. It's like, so weird. You we have to wait for your adoring fans. It's, it's so adorable. It's but so I think, weird. I think you also like really speak to something that nobody was talking about, or people were talking about only in a, um, a, a kind of either personal vent, right. which is important, absolutely, or uh, maybe a little more academic. This is an institutional problem we need yes. to change, which is also important. But like I think the way that you speak to things it just feels so sudden so immediate and yeah. so right of like oh of course that's a problem that's Duh. it and this it, is and, right but i also think it i can see that people feel seen and that's what makes it so yeah. powerful but also it's like just hella funny i'll take it's it so funny. <laughs> we will take it um can you talk about your shirt yeah so when the strike yeah strike uh started danielle and i decided to create a series of uh, t-shirts and a a few other things on there too, but mainly t-shirts that just spoke to some of the things that we're striking about, including AI, including residuals. So the one that I have on right now, it says, but can AI do a full body slate? Very, it's very specific. Yeah, can you explain it for, because a lot of the audience might not know, might not even know what a slate is. Right. So what's... It's a very specific thing. It's very specific, but that's what makes it so satisfying, is your audience is small and rabid. Exactly. You know, like, (laughs) oh, they know. it's like, this is perfect. They know. So first, the AI bit, they definitely, you know, we have definitely been fighting and speaking up about the fact that we... We want to be compensated for our faces, Mm -hmm. for our work. Background actors do not deserve $200 to be used in perpetuity. That is disgusting. And terrifying. And terrifying. Somebody could like pay me for one day's work and then have my image to use forever. That's very scary. And manipulate what it does. No, thank you. I don't like. I don't don't like like that. that. Like as a human thing, let alone an actor. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, I've heard some rebuttals like, well, you have to embrace technology. I will say that artists are the number one people that embrace technology. Yes. We've had to. Yeah. Oh, you need a self-tape? You need to audition? Great. We can do that from home now. Great. We'll do this. So we embrace that. That's not the issue. Yeah. The issue is like, then I need to be compensated for the work that I'm providing. Yes. And it's an insult to me and my peers when you're just like, well, just be so grateful that you get to be in this creative industry, which I think happens a lot mm-hmm. and breeds that starving artist mentality that we're unable to see the worth in our in our art. Mm-hmm. So with the t-shirt, but can AI do a full body slate within auditioning? <laughs> Many times casting asks for a full body slate, meaning an entire picture 
of your body, an entire video picture of your entire body from head to toe. What people fail to realize is that if we're self-taping, we are in tiny apartments <laughs> with life around us. Mm -hmm. So the manipulation of trying to put a camera to this wall, make sure that you ain't got a shoe on this side, <laughs> make sure that your plates and your children and dogs ain't <laughs> on this side and take a full body slate. It's yeah. a skill. No, I, uh, what I was saying about actors and tech is like, we're not resistant to it. Like we always have to adapt. We are a reflection of society. So that is our job. Mm -hmm. So it has nothing to do with the fact that we don't want AI to take over. It's like, hey, can, we, can you tell me when you go use my whole face? Can you let me know? That's the part that is an insult. Can you pay us? We are trained people. We are, we put our livelihoods, we put, we put our whole life into this. So why not compensate us properly? Um, I have an experience when I was in Chicago and a very young dumb actor where I let someone take my photo because I was so excited to be a part of this blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, my face was on a billboard for a church. Had no idea had no idea and understood that I signed something to say you could do that. Yeah. So it's really just the idea of like, no, my business is my face. Is my, that is my business. Yeah. So we need to be compensated properly. Um, yes. I have friends that, you know, signed, had a one day model shoot when they were non-union mm -hmm. for a hundred dollars. Yeah. And other faces on like, you know, Ross and yeah. billboards and bus stops exactly. for years. And exactly. they got a hundred dollars for that one thing. Right. And yeah. that's, you know, and a lot of people, I've, I go down rabbit holes and read comments sometimes. They're like, but these people are being paid so much. It's like, look, say I get 1200 for a day's worth of work. I might not have work for the next month. Mm -hmm. So that 1200 stretches. Imagine you get your whole salary, half of your salary in one day, and you might or might not get more later. So it's the idea of like, no, 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 no. We're not actually, we're, the average actor is one, broke. Number two, there's a huge contingency of middle-class actors. Mm -hmm. And just because I listened to something the other day, that, uh, this guy talking about how we view work, just because actors, artists, writers, we have the, we are very blessed to be doing what we want. It doesn't take away the fact that we still need to make a livelihood. Mm -hmm. This is still my job. This is still my career. So all the creativity, yes, I'm very blessed that that was able, what I'm able to do, but it doesn't take away from the fact or mean that I should sacrifice <laughs> living a decent life by that. Yeah. Um, so that's part of the things with, I know we're going back to AI and striking, um, but that's part of the things that we've been definitely vocal about. Uh, a few weeks ago, we had hashtag book. We were able to do a march, which was fun. Get on the picket lines and hold like a hashtag book march. So <laughs> folks that a lot, which was great because a lot of folks that we'd never met, <laughs> we finally got to meet people in person and be like, oh my God, you're fam. It feels like a family now. So hashtag book has created like, I feel like a community where we have been able to share. And honestly, Danielle and I have both seen it spawn off into other things, um, other people being empowered to do, to speak up in different ways, other people doing sketches. Cause I think there was a lot of like, I better not say nothing, I'll be blacklisted. And then this generation has been like, no, speak up. And hashtag book, I feel like we embrace that and use comedy to share our message. So yeah. I love it. And hashtag booked has also had some inroads to other 
opportunities creatively. Can you talk to Yeah, that? so we look at Hashtag Book Now as a full brand. And mm -hmm. there are things that we have on the, you know, in the future, because let's be real, like, what we were at year five, and we either are tired or sometimes we just don't have the capacity to be like, let's create this sketch. Mm -hmm. uh, we've both moved in so many different directions as well. Danielle is uh, a series regular on a show now. I've been doing a lot of voiceover. I've been doing a lot of commercials. I'm also writing now. So we're just seeing how it's broadened into other aspects. Mm -hmm. We do believe this is a TV show still. Mm -hmm. And when this strike is done, we are ready to go back and do Excellent. this, do the do. Yeah. Um, we've been able to help to create other things, um, other shows as well that I cannot speak about yet. Yeah. Um, also, you know, the merchandise that we have. And we're also looking like at also similarly a podcast component to it because yeah. we've been discussing that for a while and seeing what that could look like. Mm -hmm. We also we did a show with Blavity, which was an unscripted show called The Black is Hot. Mm -hmm which was amazing where we went on the street and kind of did like man on the street kind of interviews with people, asking them about Black Hollywood. Uh, we also had a collaboration with Pasadena Playhouse in which we did an interview show called uh, Intermission with Hashtag Booked. So we were interviewed folks like Alfred Molina, Jeff Perry. So it really is, we're expanding it into a brand and I'm excited to see where it goes, especially like with our individual crazy schedules, mm -hmm. how we can still, because we both still believe in this mission and our project. So we'll see. I love <laughs> Creating it. your own. We'll see what happens. It's crazy. Yeah. And you've, I, I mean, you've always had this uh, strong voice and strong passion for advocacy and just been hilarious and smart and funny. So it's so cool to see you putting it together and really making smart, fresh, funny content and so quickly. I can't believe we found out that SAG after was going on strike and within, I don't know, 12 hours, you had the funniest piece of content I've seen this year. I like that that's, I did that one and then I was like, mm, I don't feel like making anything now. Like I've done like two other sketches since because I've just been like, like we were doing, we were, our schedule was like 2 a.m. We'd be up editing with each yeah. other. Like back in the pandemic, it yeah. was making content out and now we're just kind of like okay let's focus on it because we want to we want it to grow into something else right. but that spoke to me so much the idea that we were on strike i was at a friend's uh film opening uh, for a short film that she had done and i had been thinking about it driving there and then i think the film ended and i was like oh, i got it i gotta go i love y'all bye and I ran home yeah. <laughs> and put it together real quick. So is that kind of what the creative process is usually like for a hashtag book sketch? Is just like, I've got it. I've got an idea. I've got a concept. I'm just going to make it happen. Yeah. And I have to say, like, you know, Danielle and I work together very well in terms of our yin and yang. Mm -hmm. You know, when we first started, like, she's very much like, let's do it now. Let's do it. And I'm like, OK, now let's sit down and figure out and think uh -huh. about it. And I think that works well for our dynamic. Yeah. Um, so for the first few, we're literally joking about the fact that every woman over 30 has to wear a cardigan to a damn commercial audition to play a fucking mom. Can I cuss on this? Oh yeah. Okay. To, to play a fucking mom. Yeah. So joking about the fact that me and her had matching cardigans and didn't even realize it because it was our mom commercial fucking cardigan. I finally got rid of mine after like 10 years <laughs> and it felt so good. I just chucked it and I, I was like, it. freedom. I don't want this. I don't want it. <laughs> I have one that's way too small that yeah. I just stay in there for like nostalgia. Yeah. I have, I'm like, I have right. like 
one I wear when it's cold right that I could wear if I had to but it's I like, had the, like I had the target mom one and it's, oh it's gone now definitely gone. have the target mom yeah. one I'm like yeah. okay all yeah. right so that happened and I was like oh yeah that'd be funny to put on video and she goes let's do it now yeah oh, okay so that really is like the dynamic of like so great. chatting about something finding something we both find hilarious and going and then once like she ended up filming in a different country uh, and I was here, it was like, great. If we have time, we can be on Zoom and do something together, but it's okay to do our individual things, which I think was very helpful and freeing too, because mm -hmm. it also helped me learn individually what my strengths are. Yeah. Uh, but still have this platform where we can support each other on it. And we're like, oh girl, that was hilarious. I love when you did that. Oh, that was hilarious. Can't wait to meet again so we can do something together. So I think it's definitely been a dynamic where it hasn't been because someone asked once like so uh how long does it take for you to write sketches and we were like oh we ain't never wrote nothing like this <laughs> we ain't never wrote no sketch <laughs> we'll write down ideas right we'll write down like a concept but we've never everything we've done is like improvised well, it's also you're coming from second city chicago right. improv and you're doing a sketch like that's the art form that's it <laughs> I'm that's like, what, what do you it, mean writing a script? For, I'm like, y'all write scripts for it? Nah, we ain't got time for that. We ain't got time. So um, technically, when you record them, you just use your phone, and then what do you edit in? Just like on the phone? <laughs> iMovie. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The phone. Okay. I have to say. No, uh, but, I, but I think that's really cool is because you you have the training and you have the skills, but there's a lot of people that have that, but let a lot of gatekeepers stand in their way. Or, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, or like the skill set stand in their way. Yeah. And you're like, no, no, no. You have an idea. Record it. Just do funny, it. Just do it. Just do it. And guess what? Toss it up. could fail. Yeah. Miserably. And that's okay. I mean, I still beat myself up about stuff that might, oh, did that do well? Or did I, is the sound right? Or should I chose this song? Mm -hmm. uh, I have to say also backing up, like Danielle's husband, Jack Wallace, who is an amazing um, dialect coach as well, helped us so much because I, neither one of us even knew how to install Instagram in the beginning oh, like we nice. didn't know nothing okay we we're like i don't know how to do this he knew so he is the one that definitely helped he's the man behind the camera is okay. what we say so if it's me and her it's like you it was usually him behind the camera like actually turn this way actually blah 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 so he helped us out a lot and um especially at those beginning stages where both of us were like how do you spell instagram we didn't know, <laughs> we didn't know. but in terms of like stopping like allowing there to be gatekeepers. We knew that it's out there. Like we know we have iMovie, we have to do self tapes. That's what I use. Yeah. We know that there are so many apps to use to edit. We'll figure it out. And it might look like crap. I mean, there was, I remember one, a friend of mine called, it was like, Lanisa, it's muted. The video you just posted, it's muted. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh well, it mm -hmm. happened. Yeah. You live, you learn, you'll do another one. What I find whenever I watch you is I'm, impressed with how quickly you can pull me into a believable yet really funny oh, character you. who feels like a, a 3d person oh good and i think you get that what i like is that like smart broad comedy yeah quickly yeah. and it doesn't f i don't feel um off put by the size of it. Oh, good. Which I think you do really well. Oh, good. So how, how do you do that well, so well? thank you. And that's that's a beautiful compliment. I'll take it. Because uh, I, 
I'm I'm theater trained. I mm. definitely thought I'd be doing more um, Lady Macbeth. Mm. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so for me to be into comedy has been something that's been like, oh, I can do that too. Like even improv was an accident. The only reason I was cast is because they needed more black understudies and they ran out of black people again. So Second City called and was like, can you understudy? Um, can you do it? And I was like, okay. The improv stuff definitely has helped cultivate that, I think. Because it's being grounded and in reality with crazy circumstances. Yes, you do that really well. So I think that's it. And okay. I realized, honestly, with um, doing hashtag books for so long, doing other sketch for so long, I realized kind of I'm learning like where my place is. Okay. And sometimes I, I get cast a lot as the straight man, straight woman, straight person. Mm -hmm. um, as a result of that, I know it is just, I gotta be grounded. I have to let them have this bombastic joke and I just be the, what? The side eye. Yeah. <laughs> you're Okay, so you're really good at that. The side eye and the like, I am suspicious and judging you. Right. Um, but it's it's believable and it's nuanced and it's different every time. Uh, and I, I really appreciate that you bring that side to it. You're also really good at the comedic switches. Do you have any tricks for that or techniques of like where where you're kind of maybe going along this path and like listening intently and then you quickly switch to that yeah. like judgmental mode and then you snap back. I honestly think it's just who I am. Okay, great. So you like <laughs> that's your just internal tempo. Yeah. Okay, so and you're just if, like figuring out I think so how to bring that to the work then. I think it's like if look, bring yourself I think for so long, especially being theater trained, in theater you're told that you can do you can do anything. You can play an eighty year old woman. You can do X, Y, and Z. And reality is you get out here and it's like, why would you play that if we could get somebody that is that? Yeah. So it's like, oh, hone in on yourself. Yeah. Listen to who you really are. Focus on what strengths you bring to the table. And I know I bring that. I, I will listen intently and then my face will turn up and be like, the hell? <laughs> so and so I'll bring that to a character. Yeah. Um, and I think for co and guest stars, I think that's really important. And I'm learning a lot uh, from either coaching or from watching what to use from that for my, when I audition for series regulars, because I've auditioned for a lot of series regulars and I'm like, what's going on? Why can't I get it? Oh my God. I'm bringing my funny, right? Da 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 da. And I had an amazing, um, Casting director, Rachel Imbriglio. Imbriglio. I always think of Natalie. Uh huh. Oh, <laughs> That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Rachel Imbriglio, amazing casting director. And she was like, Lenisa, it's not that you're not good. Like, stop criticizing your skill. You're good there. Your brain hasn't switched that you are the lead character. Versus, I've been taught so much with co star and guest star, you're supporting. Mm -hmm. So you can't take up space, you mm -hmm. can't take up time. So you're bringing that same energy when you're doing series regular instead of realizing like, no, the show's about you. Sit yeah. in that. And it really changed my mentality. So I was like, oh, so I can still bring my form of funny. I still can bring my like special. And I just felt more confident. I could bring what I want to bring to the table. I can just like sit back in the chair a little longer because mm. it's my show versus a co-star you're taught. All right, say the line, support the story, have a good day, bye. Wow. It's interesting the parallels with the Chicago understudy scene. Exactly. And so it's like you... I know that. You were excellent at that there, and so you brought that skill here. Yeah. 
made your way into didn't even connect that to guest but stars that's and good. co-stars but now you have to like take up space and like mentally move to LA that's deep oh that's like deep that. girl I like that okay oh I like that I'm gonna use that just hurry up and let the strike be over so I could go back let's get this girl working come on yeah. oh that's deep though yeah I still have that understudy mentality I mean it sounds like you don't but it's sometimes easy to I fall do into it's it. so it's comfort well and it makes you know that you know that you're making it about the other person and it's kind of easy I think I think culturally as women too we're conditioned a little bit to yeah. be that support for people and, and I'm very midwest yeah and so it's just culturally it's there in a couple of different ways yeah and so I know I have to fight against just doing that sometimes uh, and it feels selfish and gross sometimes right. to take up that space so I think it's a big deal to hear you saying like, because when I see you from the outside and even as a friend, you look like you're just in that mode of like, Ugh. this is my chair. I take up space. And no. I, I know that's not true. Right. right. I know it, but oh, that's it's still, it's still impressive to kind of see how someone navigates that. Yeah. And I think it's something to keep figuring out, mm -hmm. you know, it's not going to change overnight. Um, I'm not, I did not move out here at 20. I did not move out here at 18. I moved mm -hmm. out here when I was older. Mm -hmm. So I think it's <laughs> geriatric millennial. I am a geriatric <laughs> millennial. <laughs> I am with you. I am a geriatric millennial, which that also needs to be a show. Okay, I got to write that down. That's hilarious. That'd be a hilarious show. Nice. Um, so I think there's pros and, you know, there are a lot of pros to that. I, again, I probably would have been wild as hell if I moved out of here, moved out here at 17. Yeah. But I think it gave me the capacity to be like, hey, they, you don't have to rush and get this right away. Yeah. It's, it's okay. So learning that lesson, that learning that lesson of like taking up space and sitting in yourself and figuring out who you are, I think that's, it's a, it makes it more rewarding for me now. I don't know if I would have taken that at 25. Yeah. So. What? else kind of challenges you or scares you creatively other than taking up that space uh writing okay i'm still scared yeah and i've done it yeah <laughs> and i'm doing it yeah but there is something that's still scary like i've been very lucky i've been right and i can say this because it is not under this contract but i've been writing on like children's animations which is really fun Still scary, but I'm learning about myself in that capacity too, because I was hired as a freelance writer versus an in-the-room writer. Mm -hmm. So if folks don't know, like, you know, you might have a writer writing room where everyone collaborates for the story. You mm -hmm. have one maybe main person that ends up writing it, but you have a writer's room with other people collaborating, throwing ideas, and I realized that's where I thrive. So when I was hired as a freelance writer, I was like, so by myself? Oh, Cool, 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 cool. And it was it was hard. It was a yeah. challenge. I was very lucky that I'm uh, with a show that was very much like if you have questions, we'll ask, you know we'll help you if you da da da. But they do as much as you can when you're like I'm at home mm -hmm. in my office <laughs> writing. Yep. Versus I'm in the room with someone. So I think it's still I'm still trying to find the confidence to say it. So when I say like I'm a writer, I'm like I am. You actually have been paid for it, Lenisa, you, that, you do do that, do that as well. Um, I have had fun writing my own stuff. So I've written a few pilots I've, um, that I'm very proud of and I know will sell one day. Um, and that's been fun exploring that side, but very scary. 
Um, cause especially coming from theater, you're used to someone, here's your script, analyze it and figure it out versus like, oh, I have to have voices for everyone. <laughs> I have to have distinct ways that everyone says something, but I'm so excited about the ideas that I'm bringing to the table that I can, I can get through that. I'm working to get through that. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Which is fun. Also, I think coming from, you know, a trained background, I am very trained in theater. I'm very trained in acting. My degree in England literally says acting. It don't say writing. So mm -hmm. I doubt myself. Yeah. Even though I'm like, I know I can do it. Right. I have done it. Yeah. It's just that boost of confidence that I'm working towards. Yeah, right. And it just owning yourself as. Owning it. That title. Exactly. Internally. Exactly. Yeah. It's getting there. Yeah. It's a journey. What style of writing do you like doing the best? Um, I love, I do like writing comedies. Nice. I haven't written a drama yet, but I do like writing comedies. The one that I'm most probably excited about uh, selling and really seeing on the screen that I can, well, there's two that I can see on the screen. Um, the first one is Who Did the Body? And that show is about a black funeral home um, that's set in the Deep South. Uh, I love mixing little reality with comedy and we have not seen a funny funeral show in a while. We saw um, Six Feet Under. Mm -hmm. That was a while back. Pushing Up Daisies. Right. But that's been that was a, a while long back. time ago. There has yeah. not been a fun. And I, I'm like, especially since pandemic, I think yeah. that's what hit. Like, we got to find the comedy in it. Yeah. Because pandemic, I mean, I went to Zoom funerals. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like real. there's drive-through funerals in Chicago. Like there, it's absurd, and I just I adore how we celebrate life and and celebrate death as well. And I think that there's something that's culturally specific, but also universal in the way that we do it. Very Western. So I, I do in this show, Who Did the Body? It does follow um, a struggling black funeral home and how they try to adapt to today. So that might mean like, oh, you want a, uh, a Viking funeral where we burn your body on the water? We gotta figure out how to do that. Or there are these things called like death balls. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which, how hilarious that you get this like 80 year old grandmother, black grandmother that's like, I gotta figure out how to make Chinese death balls so we can survive. So I really feel this like, I feel like this is a, a show that a single cam show that can definitely have some legs because we don't have that story right now. So I'm excited about that, that comedy. And then also I was raised in a cult and no one talks about that stuff when you're black. So the second comedy I have is about uh, this little girl who's being raised in a cult and she starts to realize like, hey, something ain't right. Wow. This is weird. So it's really taking social issues. It's taking like how we look at life and mixing it with comedy. And that's the kind of stuff that I'm excited about writing, so. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's Those fun. are both really fun. I can't wait. Let me ask you, do you have any specific classes other than your own? Because mm -hmm. I think um, voiceover, I would, I would love to take one of your voiceover classes and people should follow you and take Come your voiceover on through. classes. I love it. you are killing it. Um, so in addition to that, are there any classes or studios or anything that you recommend or love in LA or online? Mm-hmm. Um, I love Put Me on Self-Tape. Um, mm -hmm. Anna's amazing. 
uh, and they have a whole team of folks over there, but I've mainly worked with Anna. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just love their philosophy. I really love how they're really just like, hey, I'm trying to educate, I'm trying to demystify, I'm trying to not make it feel like a scary acting world. Um, and she's personal one-on-one -on -one audition coaching. She's just great to work with. Good. Um, so that would probably be the a, a huge one. I've taken some great commercial classes. I know Allison Horn at one point was, I don't know if they're still teaching commercial classes, okay. but if they are, Allison Horn. Um, Toby Lawless was an amazing commercial class because I do a lot of commercials as well. Yeah. Um, BGB, it's a studio... They used to be in North Hollywood. I think they moved, but BGB Studio is great. Yeah. They have a good like online presence as well. Oh, yeah, like okay. Their, I like their philosophy. Oh, good. As well as put me on self tape. Like I think both of those have been really great resources through the strike. Yeah. Philosophically as well. Yes. Which is a big deal. Absolutely. You yeah. don't want someone that's just like, limit. Because man, you get out here, you're like, oh, everybody a coach, everybody a teacher. It's like okay, but. What are you bringing to the table? Mm -hmm. What else are you doing? So, absolutely with their philosophies. I do appreciate that. Yeah. Those are some of the big ones, I would say. Okay, those are cool. And then okay. if somebody's trying to get into voiceover and they're maybe a trained actor but brand new to that world, where would you point them? Resource-wise or just like things to think about? Yeah, or... I mean, so I do, I do coach and I think that I'm very specific about like who I coach and I do coach at usually per people that are experienced in uh, acting but are confused about the voiceover land. How do you make that transition? So I would say get specific about what kind of voiceover artist do you want to be? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are like, oh, I want to do animation. I'm like, no, 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 no. Think bigger than that. What kind of voiceover artist do you, do you want to be a voiceover artist like me that's like actor, voiceover artist, etc., and your agent takes care of everything in terms of your auditions? Or do you want to be like my girl Kelly Baskin, who's an amazing voiceover artist, but that's all she does. Mm -hmm. That's her thing. So she's out there hustling and marketing to different companies herself. Mm -hmm. She's out there like she has spreadsheets and blah, blah, blah. I'm not doing that. Yeah. That's not my life. Okay. So I always say get real about what kind of voiceover artist are you going to be. And with that, what do you want to be recording, for example, in your space? I know for my comfort level in my space, I will book and record commercials in my booth. Mm -hmm. I will not do a video game from my booth. Cause that's the difference. Volume, the gain, I want to engineer there that is figuring all that stuff out. Great. I can do it enough for a commercial. We can brag about your voiceover stuff. Oh, yeah, we're allowed right? to talk voiceover. Yeah, go take it. So brag, brag please, because you, you've got some pretty cool firsts I do. and big things. So brag, brag away. I, it's been awesome, because like I said, when I moved from Chicago to here, it opened up my horizons in terms yeah. of what I could do. So I've definitely done uh, more than commercials when I got out here, and I've done like video games. I've been in Call of Duty. Um, I've done League of Legends. Um, those are some of the big video games I've done. And then in animation, I've done like some Disney animations. I've done some DreamWorks. Um, I just knock on wood, submit it to be, I have to remember how to say it. I've submitted to be nominated for an Emmy for my work on uh, a show called Interrupting Chicken, yes. which is not in the contract. So we're allowed to talk about that. Yeah. So and you play the teacher and she's Mrs. Slothworth. She's so fun. I luckily have an amazing team. Mm -hmm. um, my amazing manager definitely helped me through the process and got what we needed to get. Okay. But it was definitely learning that 
oh, you are a solid middle-class actor now. You mm -hmm. are, you're not the girl that's like, you know, eating pasta uh, is payment anymore. That's mm -hmm. not your thing. But you're not like getting uh, nominated through the network because they don't know your name yet. Okay. You're the middle. Yeah. I'm like, okay. So that means you're still hustling in another way. Yeah. Which is beautiful, but you know, it's... <laughs> It's a struggle. Yeah. Um, but within voiceover, I have been able to like really expand what I can do. And I, I love it. Mm -hmm. I was in Ada Twist, which was so fun. Um, Ada Twist is produced by Michelle and Barack's production company. Yeah. I, like I say it like I know them. <laughs> Michelle and Barack's production my, my company. Uh, but it's a really fun show. And it's stuff that I'm like, oh, my niece can watch this. Like my friends with kids can watch this. Yeah. And Coming from education, I worked in Chicago public schools. My mom was a school teacher. It's really fun and rewarding, like being in a lot of these animations where I play like the preschool teacher yeah. or the mom. Um, so yes, but back to your question about what you should do if you're getting into it. I would say get to learn your voice first. Mm -hmm. Understand the type of voiceover artist that you want to be. Hmm. Don't figure out like if you want to coach because people that I talk to that I coach, I don't take everybody. Mm -hmm. And they don't, I, I tell people, I'm like, let's have a 20 minute chat to mm -hmm. see if I'm right for you and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Is there anybody that you have worked with on set that you really loved working with or looked up to in a special way? Um, I got to work with Yvette Nicole Brown, mm. which was amazing. Mm -hmm. And everything that folks say about her is absolutely true. She is such an advocate. She started advocating, I would say, for Danielle and I, like in terms of hashtag booked, way early. Like would DM us and be like, I see what y'all doing, keep on. <gasps> That's so beautiful. Like, here's my number if you ever have questions, that kind of thing. So I was like, oh, she a real one. Wow. Oh, she real. So I ended up on a show um, that she is a series regular on. And I was like, hey, just want to let you know, I got a little small part on it. She's like, what? You're on it? Like, hyped me up, brought me around to people on set and was like, this is Lanisa, you should know who she is. This is Lanisa, how you doing? Okay, do you need, do you have everything you need? Like, had my back hard on set. Because it's hard as a guest star, like, I was a one-day guest star. It was cute, uh, fun. But you walk in and you're like, oh, these people have established family. Mm -hmm. They know each other. It's you know, here I come, what am I doing? And it's nerve wracking as hell. And she immediately was like, hey, director, this have you met Lanisa yet? She's great, da ba da ba da. And I was like, this is what I aspire to be. Yes. I wanna do that. Mm. So I look forward to that. And I will always be grateful, so grateful for her, because she's good people. That's beautiful, I love, I love that. Yes. Is there um, any, quotes or mindsets or any maybe non-actor artists that inspire you or you aim for? Um, I have to remind myself all the time it's never too late. Mm -hmm. Going back to the fact that I did not move out here at 20 mm -hmm. uh, as a geriatric millennial. <laughs> <laughs> it's never, and I think that goes for regardless of occupation. Mm -hmm. It is never too late to stop and learn something new. It's never too late to like ex dis discover a new activity. Yeah. Um, it's not too late till we did it. So in the meantime, let's just do it. It's hard. It might be a little harder, but it's not too late. Nice. Nice. Yeah. 
Um, do you have any secret dreams or any fun projects that you're like, hey, if there's somebody out there, aside from kind of the dream projects mm -hmm. we talked about, the pilots and everything that you're already working on and hopefully getting hashtag booked into yeah. a, a TV series and the ones that you were talking about, are there any kind of fun little side things that you're looking forward to or would like to do? One thing you've mentioned in passing is you would love to be a model of Moo Moo's. And I thought that was so huh. amazing and hilarious. And so that's, Why is, is there anything else like that that comes to mind? Um, I want to be Regina King. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I love and respect her so much. And I love the evolution of her career. Mm -hmm. um, so her from her animation and boondocks to like, her directing so I definitely would love that lane and to see what that looks like yeah I did a multicam as an actor TV show a couple of years ago I didn't and that was my first multicam did not know how much like theater it was mm -hmm. after being doing that because I'm not the biggest fan of watching multicams oh interesting yeah not the biggest fan yep but on set I had it a ball feels good I had so much fun, and I would love to direct some multicams. Okay. And that's like a, what sucks is it's kind of like an old boys club still, mm. that genre. Okay. So somebody hire Lanisa exactly. to direct multicams. I want to do some multicams. Yes, okay. It's theater. I was like, oh, I know how to do this. Yeah. This is, okay. So I would love to do some random multicams and put in some like classic people. What I loved about Robin Thede and the work that she did and all the, uh, the TV show that she did was that she put in some like classic black actors and actresses um, that we hadn't seen for a while that we were like, they were brilliant what happened. And I would love to do that on like a multi-cam level. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, like Marla Gibbs, who is still brilliant at like, she's like 90. Hmm. So stuff like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Kim Wayans, like, Stuff like that. So bring them to the forefront. Nice. Because they're brilliant. Yeah. Jack A. And just like celebrate. Exactly. Excellent actors. Exactly. Exactly. Is there anything else that you would love to see? I mean, I'm, I know there's a lot of things and hashtag book directly addresses them. But what would you love to see Hollywood get right? <sighs> Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> oh, that, that's deep. What would I like to see them get right? I think listening, just listen and act. Um, they're, deeply listen and really follow through on what people are saying, be it network with what we're experiencing now or be it, you know, on set deeply get uncomfortable and then follow through whether or not it's like black women saying hey we're tired of doing our own hair whether or not it's you know trans people saying hey can you represent us in a light that doesn't feel fake mm -hmm. whether or not it's like you know those that are differently abled saying like yo I'm actually in a wheelchair can you actually hire me What's up with that? So I think just the deep listening and being uncomfortable and following through, even if that means you might got to take a back seat for four seconds. You done had the platform for a while. Sat down. 
you go be fine. Nobody said life was fair that you get it all the time. Mm -hmm. So sharing the really deeply listening and being uncomfortable in that sense. I talked to my boyfriend is an editor. He does mainly game shows and he's talked about the fact that he's had to like back away from some editor friends because it has been a very white male club and he's a white male and they feel comfortable saying to him like, well, you know, things are changing and you know, I'm not black, so I can't get this job now. Oh, I can't, da-da-da-da. So, changing of the guards, deeply listening, being uncomfortable, and following through on and believing what people are saying. Mm -hmm. I feel like artists are a reflection of society, so mm -hmm. I think that's why it's bigger than like, oh, we're just having fun and acting. It's like, yo, we are a reflection of society, and if, we, if it's ha we're having a hard time getting it right, then like, let's look at what's really going on in the big picture, so. For our audience, I like to do a creative challenge where they can take whatever resources that they currently have in mm -hmm. front of them right now and create something from nothing. Mm -hmm. So kind of a from zero to one challenge. Mm -hmm. So what creative challenge would you give my audience that they could make something that doesn't exist now and create something in 10 minutes with what they have? I'm going back to social media because social media is such a huge vehicle to pr give you your own TV show, essentially, because mm -hmm. you don't have to sit around and wait for anybody to say yes or no. So I would say, like, do something that is not gatekeeping yourself or your creativity. Something I think that will get you outside of your comfort zone. I feel like a lot of times with artists, we get so consumed with if I'm not creating, I'm a bad person. Or if I'm not creating right now, then what am I, I failed. And I think we lose touch with outside. As a friend of mine says, like we need to touch grass more. Yeah. And you know, if you're in a place where you're some grass, then do that. I would challenge an artist to do something that has nothing to do specifically with their art. So maybe, okay, fine, if it's another discipline within the business, fine. But I would really encourage someone, like, if you have 10 minutes to do something that has nothing, I am very guilty of connecting everything to my artistry. Mm -hmm. So that could be yoga. Why? Because I can put it on my resume. To my therapist was like, sis, not everything you do has to go on your resume. Yeah. So finding something as an artist that you can disconnect from creating because then it just it does it's not as fun um but then in the back of your head you can bring that out when you are writing or when you are acting like oh i remember i had that experience when da -ba -da -ba -da -da. and it makes it more real and vivid and tangible mm -hmm. versus like well i have to create something otherwise i suck so i think the creator's challenge here is to maybe document take a picture or a recording and share it in a Facebook group or just mm -hmm. to a friend or just for yourself, but like actually make something. So like just take a picture or a recording or narrate yeah. it or something of you doing something that you do not typically do. Right. That feels like whatever your uh, multi-hyphenates are is, right. and your discipline is, it's like the opposite direction. Exactly. Like left. 
Yeah. Um, like yeah. right now, I, I mean, since pandemic, I know we all did this, but I started collecting plants and yeah. I do connect stuff way too much to my art. Well, and when you're an actor, everything kind of is a special skill. Exactly. So, so my brain goes there. Easy. I love this. Okay. So the challenge is yeah. to make something, to do something that's the opposite of your creative comfort zone. Yeah. Is there anything else that you'd like to say? That Girl, like I gave you about? so much to edit. <laughs> I'm going to shut up because you got too much to edit now. You might have to give, it, give this one out to a task rabbit or something. <laughs> or it'll just be really long and beautiful. Right. That's totally fine. Join the community and share your creative challenges on Instagram and Facebook at Creators Cafe by Kika Labs. And also check out my website, kikalabs.com, K-I-K-A-L-A-B-S.com to sign up for the mailing list so you always know when a new podcast is released and to check out my coaching and digital courses to help you be a more confident and joyful creator.